three, two, one. You ready? Listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Real Pineapple. This is your humble host, Hunter, here. Hope you guys are having a great start to your your holiday season here as we kind of wrap it up here. Um, I realize that's an oxymoron as I say it. But, uh, uh, so I've got a quick review here for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. So, uh, spoilers, obviously, because I'm going to kind of, not deep dive, but I'm going to go through plot points and I, I i think i i have to get in spoilers so um i gotta be honest guys star wars is kind of becoming like dc films for me whenever i have to review one i'm kind of always like oh god i have to review this not because uh, i mean i think it's gonna be bad i mean you know sometimes in dc's case hit but uh just because you're never gonna please anybody and people and and, and i get it now i full disclosure i was not a Star Wars fan growing up. I watched the original Star Wars when I was nine uh, with uh, with my dad. He wasn't a huge sci-fi guy. We got more into sci-fi um, uh, as I got older uh, until he passed. But um, but Star Wars was one of those things I kind of learned to enjoy the older I got. I still remember seeing, uh, For- uh, not Force Awakens, uh, seeing that when I was 10, that would have been funny, uh, but seeing uh, Empire Strikes Back when I was like 10. And I remember that just being a, oh my God, sort of moment where it's like, that's crazy. You know, that's his dad. What? It, it's it's one of the best twists that's still ever been done in a film. Like, I remember that really blowing my mind, just going, wow, okay. And so when they went ahead and they did uh, Force Awakens, yes, it is it damn near uh, a remake of A New Hope. That's it essentially is what it is. But, you know, you get Han back, you get... You get Leia back. There's there's some really great crowd pleasing moments, and I think the thing that I liked the most about that film, outside of Finn, was Kylo Ren, who's played by one of my favorite actors and one of the best actors we have working. Period. Right now, in Mr. Adam Driver, uh, you heard it here first. I'm still working through all of the uh, uh, like some of my screeners here, as far as for the Oscar contenders. I think it is Adam Driver's to to win for Marriage Story. Uh, I think he's just incredible. And one thing I have to say is while Kylo Ren for me has never been as scary as, as a Darth Vader, which is kind of frustrating, he's always been very interesting. I've just wanted to see him get darker and just be more evil. And this movie opens up with him on a planet and he's just wrecking shop, just cutting into people with his lightsaber. And it's a it's a pretty scary visual. It's 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 badass, but it does show that he's just not fucking around at the uh, after the events of uh, Last Jedi, where he just got he got owned by a Luke in a badass scene. Uh, here's the thing: when when Last Jedi came out, I originally gave it a B minus. Uh, that was way too generous. I, I rarely go back on my ratings for a film, but I should have given that like a like a C. Because I think I, I rewatched The Last Jedi here like two weeks ago, and I forgot how much that casino sequence bores me. I forget how much Luke Skywalker did not feel like Luke Skywalker, and how uh, I actually went and saw it with Leia, 
And I remember asking her, I was like, babe, what'd you think? And I remember she looked at me, she's like, I feel like I should have liked that more. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly how I felt. Yeah, you get the Jedi mind trick with uh, with Luke. Yes, you get to see Yoda, which uh, Alea would tell you. I was like, oh my god, when Yoda when Yoda showed up. I was like, oh my god, I'm so I'm so all about this. But um But yeah, it's just it's a very disappointing film and I think my biggest disappointment for me in this film is going to be uh, Daisy Ridley's Ray. Uh, Daisy Ridley really, uh, and, and obviously it doesn't take away from the fact she is a great actress, but she went ahead and said something recently that I was really, uh, that I was really quite, quite pissed off about. She was talking about how she doesn't owe the fans anything to sign, you know, autographs or anything like that. Now, I get that. I understand that she is completely correct in that, but to say that shit the week before your <coughs> the week that your film is coming out, it's just a really fucking dumb thing to say, and it com- makes her come across as unlikable. And and I think for me, my biggest problem with this film is that Ray would just do shit at points where I would go, okay, why are you doing this? There, there's a point where they're looking for you know they're they're looking for the the MacGuffin in the movie. And she leaves Finn and Poe and Chewie on this planet where uh, people from uh, uh, from the uh, the First Order are trying to go ahead and kill him. I'm like, where are you going? I, it's because she feels Kylo Ren, but it, it, she just leaves them at so many points in this movie. I was really sitting there going, why is this happening? So the plot of this movie, and I, and I kind of say that as I roll my eyes a little bit. So basically, Kylo Ren... Is going ahead and still trying to, you know, uh, achieve power. He basically, we find out that uh, Palpatine, played brilliantly again by uh, Ian McDermott, he's back and he's been assembling this fleet for the last 30 years since the events of uh, Return of the Jedi, essentially. So basically, Palpatine's back. He tells uh, Kylo Ren, you know, you will achieve uh, full power. I just need you to kill you know, Ray, because she's a Jedi, therefore she is a fucking, you know, potential monkey wrench in all of this. So, uh, the thing about this movie, I really do believe, is that it's going to be very, your enjoyment will depend on what kind of Star Wars fan you are. I am more of a casual Star Wars fan. As I mentioned, I always lean more Trek than Wars, but I think that a lot of your enjoyment will depend on how hardcore of a fan you are. I also think another part's going to depend on how old you are. I think if you're a 15, like like 15, like actually probably in 14, 15 and up, um, because you probably grew, you grew up with this new trilogy of Star Wars films, this will probably sit better uh, sit better with you than uh, someone who you know is like 32 and up, uh, because you grew up with the original trilogy more likely. It it. <sighs> This movie is frustrating because you get J.J. Abrams back, and this film, <laughs> uh, this film is such a uh, a really big giant fuck you to Ryan Johnson. This movie undoes so much shit from the Last Jedi. It's actually kind of hilarious. Um, one thing about this too is that I I believe that's the biggest problem of it is that the fact that this film takes so much time undoing The Last Jedi. It felt like it took 30 minutes at least to go ahead and just undo uh, so much of that. But then 
that's at the detriment of this film you're making now <laughs> to go ahead and do that. And, and it's it, it's frustrating because you want it to be good. You want it to be better. But, and I, I'm going to lean on this a little bit. As you guys know, Endgame, I fucking love Endgame. I thought it was an absolutely brilliant film. One thing that I love about Endgame is that they make Thor The Dark World, you know, arguably the most maligned uh, film in the MCU. They actually make it relevant by bringing up Thor The Dark World and bringing his mom back and all that uh, when they're uh, time traveling with the, uh, to find the Infinity Stones. And it's it's cool because it makes you go, oh, I appreciate Thor The Dark World a little more. I still hate that fucking movie. I think it's terrible. But they didn't go ahead and just erase Thor The Dark World from canon because it's a bad movie. Uh, they really went out of their way to just go, fuck you, Ryan Johnson, none of what you went ahead and set up in Last Jedi means anything to us. And it's it's frustrating from a fan perspective because you're not going to make everyone happy. If you kept that shit in and you acknowledged that it was canon, you'd have those people who would go, well, I fucking hate uh, Last Jedi. Why the hell are you keeping that in there? And then, you know, by erasing it, you have those people, uh, you, know, you know, like, so you, there's no way you're ever going to make everyone happy. I, I completely understand that. I think what is frustrating though is that for as much plot as this is trying to fit in with regards to Ray and her family, and then you know Pin and Poe's uh, uh, Finn and Poe's journey, uh, you know you have to say goodbye to so many of the legacy characters like Chewie and R two D two and C three PO. It's and of course Carrie Fisher. And speaking of Carrie Fisher, I don't believe. It's so frustrating. It's not even like the film fall because I mean, obviously Carrie Fisher makes you rest in peace. It just came at the worst time. They didn't weren't able to give Leia, you know, the uh, the the send off they wanted to because they clearly thought they would, she would still be around uh, for this film. And so, I think some people will definitely have a problem with the way Leia's resolution's kind of done. I thought the way she died, as far as you know, getting sight of Ben's head. I thought it was really cool. And I thought it was a very fitting way for her to go. The problem is the film did clearly have to cut around so many things. I like I loved her being Ray's uh, teacher too. Uh, I I I loved I loved that. I thought that was a very nice touch. But it there are just things like that where the movie kind of almost stops. Palpatine coming back. In the grand scheme of things, it makes no fucking sense. At the way that he dies at the end of Return of the Jedi is so definitive. It's very confusing that they they don't come out and say it, but you see kind of in the Sith cave that Palpatine is in, you see these clones of Snoke. So the movie kind of implies that maybe the original Palpatine was a clone. I don't. I I personally would have liked a little more clarification on that. I, I know some people won't care, but for me, I was sitting there going, okay, that's a pretty big plot hole you're just not going to address. Um, Finn and Poe, yes, they get more screen time. We get more uh, We get more time with uh, Poe as far as kind of figuring out his past a little bit. There's this really great scene where they end up going on this planet because they're, they find the whole, they find the Sith dagger, and they're basically trying to find while where Palpatine is hiding, so they go to this planet where uh, an old uh, runner of his lived, uh, Zori, who's played by Carrie Russell, which, first off, love Carrie Russell, she's actually one of my favorite actresses, 
um, Waitress. I love that freaking movie, and she voices a great Wonder Woman. Um, if you haven't seen The Americans, you need to watch The Americans. She's absolutely incredible in that. But I like that they had Carrie Russell as Zori kind of judge dreading it. Like, she has this helmet on for most of the movie. Uh, it, you never see Carrie Russell's full face. And I like the fact she was able to bring so much personality to that role. There's a great scene when they first land on this planet where she is admittedly pissed off still at Poe. And it's a really cool kind of standoff, kind of old school Western scene that I really appreciated. Uh, Oscar Isaac as Poe, he's one of the best actors we have. Let's just call it what it is. Between Ex Machina and um, Inside Lewin Davis, uh, the, the guy's incredible. Um, if you haven't seen At Eternity's Gate, the Vincent Van Gogh movie, you should really watch that too. He's just an incredible actor. And, and whenever I hear he's in something, I, I get excited. So... I just think he's just an absolute badass. So I love uh, Oscar Isaac. And him in post-chemistry is back on full display, which I really appreciated. And if there is something I can say that I did love about this movie is that Ray and Finn, when they are together, their chemistry is just so off the charts. I know some people will, will hate what I'm about to say, but that's fine. Get your own podcast. Um, there, is, there is this thing that... Finn, John Boyega, uh, John Boyega kind of keeps saying that he want, needs to tell Ray, And so, you know, of course you think, oh, well, he's going to tell her that he loves her. He never tells her what it is, but apparently J.J. Abrams said to a fan who tweeted about it that Finn was going to tell Ray that he's Force-sensitive, which they've been kind of dropping hints about that ever since uh, Force Awakens. Uh, I mean, also the fact that he's not incompetent with lightsaber kind of, you know, <laughs> make, 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 would lead you to that conclusion, but what? Okay, I'm trying to think how to phrase this. Okay, I believe that if Finn told Ray that he was in love with her, and they end up kissing, let's say at the end of the movie, as fucked up as this is, I still remember what Fox News said about Finn when they showed him as a black stormtrooper. In the first Force Awakens, I still remember how people freaked the fuck out about that. So the concept of Finn kissing a pretty white woman in Ray, I'm gonna be honest, I don't think a lot of people would be able to handle it as shitty as that is. But I really do not think that. Uh, I don't know if Disney would have the balls to actually deal with that shit storm. If I'm being completely honest, so I mean, we're just getting you know princesses who don't need men to save them. So I mean, I, I'm not saying Disney hasn't been trying, but. I don't know if they're that radical yet. So the fact that Finn would say that she's tell Ray that he's force sensitive and not that she, he was in love with her, I could kind of buy that because again, I don't think Disney <laughs> would actually have the the balls to make that leap. Um, as far as other things, I did enjoy. Uh, you do get Mark Hamill's a force ghost in this. I, without completely going into what he does, I appreciate that. Um, I do. I, I I talked about Leia. I absolutely love Leia in this. There's this new actress, uh, Janome, uh, uh, Naomi, <laughs> Janome, that's wrong, uh, Naomi uh, uh, Aki, who plays at Janna. Her and Finn have really great chemistry, and they they encounter each other when they end up landing on this planet to go ahead where they think the, um, this basically this device that they use to go ahead and find the Sith uh, temples at. 
and it leads to an amazing lightsaber swing, uh, scene between Rey and uh, Kylo. And this is where the complaints are going to kind of start raining in. So the scene is incredible that they fight. There, there's this water crashing all around them. It's a beautifully sh well shot scene. And this whole movie is just, it's like a moving painting. And I mean that in the best way as a compliment. I, I thought that the, the movie itself and how it was shot, Abrams didn't go crazy with lens flares, which he usually fucking does. I, I thought this was just beautiful. If I was teaching a film class as far on, uh, on visuals, uh, this is something I would show, like, first day. I thought this was absolutely beautifully well shot. So, there's a point where Ray ends up getting, um, stabbing Kylo in the chest with a lightsaber, and you're like, oh, shit. So, he drops to his knees, he's like, they don't show blood, but he's clearly uh, near death's door. So, she transfers some of his power uh, to him using, using the Force and heals them. So, this is where I kind of went, wait, what the actual fuck? So she throw, uh, so she ends up finding where the temple is. She flies off. So Kylo's there on this like kind of this platform. It's waters crashing around him. So Ray took his took takes Kylo Ren's ship. He gets to the temple of the Sith where Ray is, and it's never explained. <laughs> I remember sitting there opening night because I saw this Thursday night. Sitting there watching, going, um, wait, how would he fucking get there? It, it's it's a great scene, like I said, but that scene in particular just really made me go, all right, that's that's fucking weird. Uh, we do get Billy D. Williams back as Lando, and I have to say, the fact that they, for me, they redeemed Finn, and the fact that I got some Lando flying the Millennium Falcon again, talking to Chewie. It was really it, it 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 was cool. I got I got chills when I saw Bill D. Williams again. I was like, hell yeah! And if the potential rumors about a uh, solo TV show where we get young uh, Lando Christian, of course played by Don Glover, uh, hell yeah! I I want that. I give me more Don Glover on TV. I love Atlanta. I'd love to see him play Lando more. Um, I'm just trying to think of all because I think that's the other thing about this movie too. This movie is. It's very much a blockbuster, but there's so there's like three plots worth of film just crammed in this, and I and I do believe this is where we kind of have to address the elephant in the, in the room. I am an unapologetic defender of Marvel Studios. I think Marvel, outside of season one of Iron Fist, uh, Inhumans, which, <laughs> and then um, Thor: The Dark World, I think they've been damn near perfect when it comes to Daredevil, when it comes to Punisher, Jessica Jones. Runaways, Cloak and Dagger, the Iron Man film. Like, like, you just go down with Black Panther. You just go down the list. It's been just hit after hit after hit after hit for Marvel. And one of the reasons for that is because they have been meticulous in laying out this roadmap to get us from Iron Man to Avengers Endgame. And you just think about all the different, like, you know, uh, forks in the road that it took to get there and how they, when something didn't go the way they wanted, you know, throw the Dark World they would pull an audible and give us Thor Ragnarok, which I gave a B minus to, I think, initially. And I have to admit, I'm liking Thor Ragnarok a lot more. I've been I've watched it a couple times recently. I fucking love that movie. But anyways, um, but Marvel clearly had a plan. Lucasfilm did not have a plan for this shit. They just had a plan in the sense of we want to do three movies. That's all they did. And really, for this film, considering it undoes so much to the second film, it's actually kind of a 
kind of a miracle this turned out even as well as I it ended up turning out. It, it is frustrating though because when you think about something like Star Wars, it's a way more divisive brand than Marvel is. You know, I personally love Solo. I know people who hate Solo. I know most people I've talked to love Rogue One. I think it's the best. I think it's the second best Star Wars film behind uh, behind Empire. But I mean, I know some people who don't love Force Awakens. It, it it's it's the brand itself has just been in such a state of flux. It feels like where you know we've gotten uh, two not great Star Wars games. I've heard Battlefront Two is way better now, but when it first launched, it was not good. It's a uh, it's just, it's frustrating as a fan. Now, granted. The Mandalorian is fucking incredible. Uh, I'm actually three episodes behind The Mandalorian. I need to get caught up on that. But uh, Mandalorian's amazing. If you, I'm assuming you guys know what it is. Uh, cover your ears for 15 seconds. If you haven't, okay, ready? Cover your ears. Baby Yoda is the cutest thing in the world. Baby Yoda warms my heart. It's amazing that the internet has been so united on one thing. Can't remember the last time it happened. Okay, cool. All right, welcome back. But uh, but Mandalorian's been absolutely incredible, and Pedro Pascal is pristine on that goddamn show. What's so frustrating about this movie, though, is that for the resources that Disney and Lucasfilm have, the fact that this wasn't just this, the fact this was not Star Wars Endgame, basically, and a universally like hell yeah, I love this movie, let's go. The fact we didn't get that response to this film is incredibly frustrating and when you have the resources that they do you need to be hitting it out of the park or at least getting you know on base and i think while this barely got on base it it, it should have been better for a culmination and what should be a celebration of star wars so they really didn't do their job as far as i'm concerned i don't think this is you know a dog shit movie i i don't but at the same time i don't think this is even close to what star wars fans deserve um we do get, I thought, a cool death scene for Kylo Ren when uh, Rey and Kylo team up to go ahead and defeat the Emperor. I thought that was actually really well done. Um, you get a really cool space battle near the end of this movie as well, which brings Lando back into it. And again, you get Finn being a badass with Poe. But th th there are two things. So first off, the Emperor goes ahead and just uh, just launches this giant fleet. Um, there's really never any mention of how the technology... Now, granted, I know it's been like 30 years since Return of the Jedi, but the fact that the Emperor would have this advanced tech where basically every ship is essentially a mini Death Star because of this ray they have, uh, <laughs> ray they have, <laughs> um, it's, <laughs> it, it's a bit of a tough pill to swallow, admittedly. And there's a scene where Poe is uh, flying, and a bunch of a bunch of people in uh, uh, of the resistance are being just shot at the sky, and they're basically calling out for help to anyone in the galaxy. And then this giant group of ships just pops pops on the screen, and I remember kind of thinking as I was watching it, going, "Man, they should have taken a cue from Endgame and had them be like little portals as everyone comes back." It was just kind of overbearing to see all these ships randomly pop up at the same time to go ahead and help Poe and Finn and everybody. Um, that was a little bit of a tough to swallow. Um, there is a scene where Rey gets knocked down when she's fighting the Emperor. And you get to hear all the, the, the voices of uh, prior Jedi. I mean, you hear Hayden Christensen. You hear Samuel Jackson. You hear, um, oh, I think, um, I'm blanking on the character's name from Star uh, from Clone Wars, but she's... Um, you know who I'm talking about, but 
you hear all these different Jedi in her head, and it was a really cool. Like you hear Yoda, of course. It was a really cool, I thought, hero moment for Rey because while Rey is being stupid at points in this movie, it is really cool to see. Um, you do see her getting like chill out a little bit and show why she is uh, who she is. And I will say, without spoiling it. I thought the last shot of this film was really beautifully done. I, it actually got, it gave me chills. So, there is stuff to like about this. There's stuff to just not like. I I, pulled, I only went through a couple plot holes, but there's there's a lot you get to go ahead and and, uh, and, and take away from this. Um, it's frustrating because, again, this should have been great. I think it's only good. Um and there, there are people who are going to hate this movie. And again, I, as I kind of talked about earlier, I, I, I could see why people would hate this. Um, but at the same time, though, I, I did, this means so much to so many people. When you do, when you your art transcends like Star Wars does, there's a point where your art is no longer just yours. It belongs to the people who are inspired by it, the people who love it, the people who support it. And I truly believe you have an obligation to those people to at least put out a good, at best, or at the very least, pardon me, uh, product. And the fact of the matter is, Disney has been very iffy on Star Wars so far since acquiring Lucasfilm. So, bottom line, guys, um, I know Ka uh, uh, uh uh, Catherine Kennedy, I believe. Uh, I know she's running a Lucasfilm right now, but apparently she's a holdover from uh, Lucas. I, apparently she never told Lucas no, and to be honest with you, it shows that she never told Lucas no. Um, John Favreau's done an incredible job with Lion King, with Jungle Book, uh, and Chef uh, helped him launch the MCU with Iron Man. Uh, directed fucking elf i mean john favreau's incredible uh incredible director writer he's crushing it on the mandalorian right now i'll tell you right now favreau should be the next person to lead star wars into the future we're not getting a star wars film for like three years and i'll be honest i think that's good because after this we kind of need a break from it and disney and lucasfilm need to figure out what the hell they're doing with this franchise um there's no reason it should be this divisive Everyone should love this movie. And it's a fucking shame that no one, that, that that not everyone does. And that breaks my heart because, again, I know what this means to people. It's frustrating to have something that you love not well represented on screen. And for what this is, while I think it's decently represented on screen, not nearly to the potential that it has. Uh, so, as far as a final grade, I'm... I gave Last Jedi a B minus, which was way too high. As I mentioned earlier, it should be more of a like a C minus. Actually, I would give so a rare a rare uh, retraction on a grade. I would give Last Jedi a C minus. For this, I'm torn on this because I think as far as quality, it's a C plus. But because it's Star Wars and for how it does look on the big screen. I think you almost need to see it big. You need to see it loud unless you have a awesome home theater set. So I begrudgingly, and I really do mean this, I begrudgingly, you know what? No, I, I like most people have a good TV at their house. I can't give it a B minus. I, you know, no, yeah, yeah. I would see this like at a $5 movie Tuesday or when IMAX tickets are on sale, like, 
go see it then. Um, so I'll give this a B minus. But honestly, that this really, for what this is, this should have been better. And the fact it's not is uh, a slap in the face of all Star Wars fans, as far as I'm concerned. So um, I'm sorry. I, I want this to be better. Trust me. And I just remember the fact that they really have uh, Rose in this. They barely use her, and that really irritated me. So, yeah, B minus. I stick by my B minus. But, uh, guys, I know people have thoughts. <laughs> Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker. What do you guys think? Let us know what you thought in the comments below. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. You can follow Scott on Twitter at nearmanthefirst. You can follow Colin on Twitter at therealoneal. That's R-E-E-L O'Neal. And you can go ahead and like us on Facebook at The Real Pineapple. And you can go ahead and follow, uh, like, share, subscribe. Uh, you can follow us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify at The Real Pineapple. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will have reviews up this week for Home Loan 1 and 2. We have a review up as well for uh, Bombshell. And we'll review up as well for Little Women. Uh, guys, thank you so much for your support. Uh, we absolutely love you guys, um, wherever you guys are at. I hope you guys are having a safe holiday. Uh, take care, guys. We'll talk to you soon.